This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. City Discount Tires for great deals on the world's biggest brands in tires, wheels and suspension. This is Saturdays in SA with Bryce Gibbs and Tom Lyon. Yes, good to have you company this morning. Uh, text from Brett. Of course, we we're talking about the state of origin, potential for it to never happen again in the realms of AFL. Brett says, morning, guys. I reckon there's two things that would make state of origin work. A spare two weekends and a bucket load of money to pay the players. Money is a pretty good lure. Yeah, I, I actually like that, Brett. I reckon the players probably don't necessarily need the money. They'd be keen to do it anyway. You probably need to pay the club's compensation yeah. for, to allow it to go ahead, let, let the players yeah. play. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right now, Bryce, we've got one of our favourites. He's uh, our very own. We're laying claim to him. He's AFL.com.au's Josh Gablich. Josh, good morning to you. How does your Saturday morning look so far? Morning, Tom. Morning, Bryce. Good to be with you both. I'm just talking to someone in Queensland. It's 24 degrees up oh. there on the Gold Coast in the morning, and it's been drizzling all morning in Melbourne. So, long day ahead. I'm seeing a lot of footy today, and then I'm doing the game tonight, Geelong Western Bulldogs at Marvel. So, at least that's under the roof, but Stockland's on a Saturday night in the rain. Not the best place to be. Yeah. Josh, we'll just start quickly with the obvious uh, overnight. Sil Rioli sort of coming out with a statement, along with a few others uh, in relation to the investigation at Hawthorne. It looks like it's going to play. They're going to pursue it uh, quite seriously. Well, it's been a, another interesting week in this investigation. It's been going on for eight months. We thought we got some form of conclusion on Tuesday night when Gil McLaughlin sat down just before ATM inside AFL HQ. And there's still a fair bit more to play out. We thought this probably by Thursday when we heard from... Andy Gowers out at Hawthorne. I mean, the expectation is that mm. Hawthorne will be punished in some way, shape or form. We thought we'd we'd hear a bit more from the complainants this week and, and we saw that last night with, with Sirioli really driving that. And, and now we know publicly who some of the, the, the people are that are involved in this case. So I think there's a fair bit more to play out with, with this because we thought on Tuesday that we were getting closer to some form of resolution and, and seeing some justice, but there's so much more to play out. Yeah, we're going to be uh, watching this eagerly uh, and it's not going to get resolved anytime soon. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so you were across the mid-season draft for, for quite a number of weeks um, now. Was there any surprises, any guys that missed out that you thought were, were pretty stiff? Uh, where, where'd you see all that uh, play out, Josh? Well, Bryce, I love the mid-season draft. I spoke about it with you when mm. I walked out of your studio about six weeks ago and oh, disappointed in the end that there were only 13 players chosen. I would have liked, would like to have seen a few more. I think this is reflective of, of coming out of COVID now and some of those players that we didn't see in 2020 and, and even in 2021, none of those players are slipping through the cracks anymore. Like a John Newcomb who really came from nowhere to do what he's done. Now, I mean, only two recycled players picked. That was that was a little bit disappointing in the end. And, and, and players like Sam Naismith and Oscar McDonald that looked like they would get an opportunity probably for four or five, six weeks ago, they didn't get picked up 
in the end. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see more mechanisms used by the AFL in the future so we can see more players getting an opportunity. I think a waiver system, which is something that's been discussed, would work. I, I hope we see something like that in the future because if that happened, Sam Naismith would have been picked in, in April at some point. And same with Oscar McDonald. Sydney were really interested in Oscar McDonald. All of a sudden, Lewis Malikin's available, Aaron Francis is up and running, and they don't quite need him. Tom McCartan's a chance to come in next week, and so is Dane Rampey. So players like that miss the opportunity just given the timing. But if we look at Wednesday night, I love the Quinton Narkle mm. story because I followed this pretty closely when he got delisted. And even across the summer, he went down to Richmond and he was pretty stiff in the end not to get picked. They went with a need in Caelan Bradkey, who's a key position player, over Quinton Narkle just before the deadline. And then about four days after the deadline, Jason Castagna retired. So they had a second spot and they actually lobbied the AFL to, to get Narkle in the end. And the AFL didn't allow that to happen. And we get three months down the track and he does get another opportunity. And I think the magic of this, and, and Bryce, I don't know if you were training on, on Wednesday night, but there, a lot of the players that got picked, they were training when the draft was on. And Quinton Narkle was one of them. And, and Adrian Dodoro stopped training at Essendon's VFL program to let Quinton Narkle that Port Adelaide had just picked him, which you just don't often see a list manager from one club let a player know that they've been picked by another club. I thought that was quite magic. Yeah, it is an interesting mm. situation, isn't it? Uh, and we'd pro- I've probably got memories of, of it happening in the preseason, in uh, the preseason draft, where uh, a player would be training with you, trying to get on your list, and then they get the tap on the shoulder halfway through the session, and they're leaving the track because they've been picked up by someone else. So uh, it is uh, it is certainly interesting, isn't it? It's a fascinating it uh, time. Oh, sorry, Josh, I was just going to ask you, do, do you see the AFL expanding now surely into like a bit of a mid-season trading scenario? I think we'll get to that at some point, Tom. It's just there's a little bit more to play out just in terms of really the collective bargaining agreement and, and what the what, what the TPP looks like going forward. We still don't know exactly what that's going to look like. So there are some complexities to it in terms of six-month contracts and minimum contracts to, to mm. pick up and move. We look at the Premier League and the NFL, but the money there is just completely different where it's it's not it's it's just not life changing here for a player to move on eighty thousand or a hundred thousand, have to move his three yeah. kids and his wife from Melbourne to Sydney, for example. So I think we'll get there. They're definitely working behind the scenes at the AFL to manufacture it at some point. I just don't know when that's gonna be. So I would love to see it because it's been a talking point this week. Look you can see players at every club right now who would get games at other clubs that are playing in the state league. So one day, I hope. Absolutely. And it's a situation like, say, Kieran Strawn, who's in the Sanford with Adelaide, he's actually quite a useful AFL ruckman. Good tap work. You know, a club like Collingwood might pay overs, like, a, you know, a pick that's above what he's really worth. And, uh, you know, both Adelaide and Collingwood could utilise that deal. But I, I digress. Um there's a very nice article you've popped up on afl.com.au about Liam Jones. Can you elaborate on that one for our listeners? Well, like a lot of people, I'm really fascinated by Liam Jones and, and the fact that he's playing the way he is. I spoke to a lot of people during the week around this piece just because of the form. I think he's, he's if he's not in people's All-Australian teams right now and we've sort of gone through that process this week, he'd have to be in the squad. That's how well he's going and I think the fascination around Liam Jones, if you think back to this time last year, he just played Noosa in Noosa, and he's preparing, preparing to play Wilston Grange at Palm Beach Corumban today, 12 months ago. Mm. It's just remarkable to think that this guy's now in the All-Australian 
contention at, at at 32 as well, having missed 12 months of football. And I think the interest with Liam Jones is a lot of clubs were interested in him this time last year. Gold Coast and Brisbane asked the question. There are a couple of other clubs that put offers in front of him. And the Western Bulldogs were the one that went and got him. They met with him in Queensland and sort of spending time on this piece during the week. You, you find out that a couple of clubs actually tried to get him in the mid-season draft before the mandate had been changed. They, they were just thinking if we can get him mid-season and, and if the mandate changes between now and round one of 2023, well, we've got Liam Jones for nothing. And obviously the, the AFR knocked that back, but the Western Bulldogs have been the big winners because for a long time they've never had a, a key defender and a, 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 a one-on-one key defender and an interceptor. And you look at him right now and he, he, he's ranked third in the competition for, for intercept marks behind Charlie Ballard and, and Darcy Moore. And he's just had this unbelievable start to the year. So wait and see if it, if it plays out this way, but to think that he was playing against Noosa and Surfers Paradise and these mm. sorts of clubs last year, it's just remarkable. Well, there was a time uh, at Carlton, Josh, where they were, the Carlton were trying to get him off the list. He had a couple of years to go on his contract on big dollars and they were trying to work out how they could get him off the list. And uh, that's when it, they put him down back and he has not looked back. He, uh, he's been a terrific player for the last few years. There's no doubt about that. Uh, we've got one off our text line, Josh, about Tom Duday's contract. Where uh, where do you think that sits? Yeah, this is this is a big fascination. I mean, there are a lot of clubs that are in the market for key defenders this year, with, with the likes of Mason Redman, Harry Himmelberg, who a lot of clubs view as a key defender, and Tom Duday is clearly in that conversation. I think the longer this plays out, the more likely it is that he goes elsewhere. I mean. It's 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 really interesting. I, I don't quite buy into the fact that he he spat the dummy because he wasn't made captain uh, mm. at the start of the season. I, I think everything you hear around Tom Duda is he's an amazing person, and I, I don't think a move would be related to that. But I think he's going to get some really decent offers out there. So it's a big watch because what are we? We're round twelve now, and the longer it goes on, they usually go. But be surprised if he did leave, but mm. he'd be a concern if I'm an Adelaide supporter right now. Yeah, he he seems like he's quite liking his time here, and he's got a very comfortable setup and a very nice interaction with the fans of Adelaide, where he jumps on Twitter and gets you know film reviews and people's opinions. <clears throat> uh, being a parochial show, Josh, we've just got to ask you one last one. But what is the actual feeling and reality of the Mason Redmond thing? There's reports that Adelaide may have uh, tabled a big offer to to him and, you know, other reports that he's very comfortable at Essendon. What's your view on it? Oh, a bit like that. I'd be surprised if he left. Because yeah. from everything you hear around Mason Redmond, he's so invested in Essendon. They've had so much change, though. It's a little bit like Darcy Parrish. I, I think those two, I think it's a different situation to Tom Duda because they've had another coaching change and Brad Scott's done a great job so far but I think if you're doing your due diligence you, you want to give yourself as much time to make a decision because this is the big decisions for the Redmonds and the Parishes and the Himmelbergs you just with the new coach coming in you just want to give yourself as much time as possible before making a decision for the next five six potentially seven years in, in some people's situations so I think there's a fair bit more to play out and I think I think the Redmond situation, it's, over, it's overplayed in terms of the Adelaide link because he's not from Adelaide. Yeah. I don't, he's from like country SA. I think it's I think it's three or four hours away. It's not like he can jump in the car and come up for, go home for dinner and come back before going to footy train the next morning. <laughs> so I think it is a little bit overplayed and we see it all the time yeah. 
in, in Victoria with even the Jacob Popper. Jacob Popper didn't come home. Jacob Popper is from four or five hours out of Melbourne. So mm. uh, it can be overplayed sometimes, that go-home factor. But I, I think there's, yeah, a bit like Day, there's there's a lot to play out. And the longer it goes on, the more concerned you, you will be. But the Redmond situation is different because of the coaching change. Yeah. Uh, Josh, very comprehensive as always, and uh, nice to have some interaction on the text line as well. Josh, hopefully the sun pokes its head out at some stage very soon for you. Usually Melbourne, I think, get the Adelaide's weather, I noticed, sort of a day later. That's a trend I've noticed. So we've got sunshine right now. I think it's headed your way. Uh, I'd love that. I'd love that. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Bryce. Always good to chat. There he is, AFL.com. Dot AU's Josh Gablich, always comprehensive Bryce Gibbs. Uh, we've got to get to a break right now, but up next, we're going to have a close look at the Adelaide v Gold Coast and Port Adelaide v Hawthorne, where they should romp it in, but we're still going to have a look at it anyway.